your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 340 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And the Rangers coming off of last night's very disappointing 3-2 loss at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, it's funny, they showed a stat before this game, and it's kind of part of the reason why I was so confident that the Rangers were bounce back from what was obviously a very difficult night against the New York Islanders two nights prior. And the stat said that in the Rangers' last nine games, when they've been playing after a loss, they have won eight of those games. And, you know, I didn't know that stat exactly to the T, but obviously I, like I'm sure a lot of you, very aware of the fact that the Rangers have done a nice job this season, particularly recently, uh, coming back from a tough game and getting a win the next time out. And it was all set up for the Rangers to do that in this game last night. The Rangers have been hot down the stretch here, like we've talked about. The Flyers have been ice cold. They had just a miserable month of March to basically just take themselves right out of the playoff chase. April really hasn't gone a whole lot better for them. You figure the Rangers are going to bounce back. They haven't even really had to travel because, yeah, they were on the road Tuesday, but it was against the Islanders. Uh, You're home for two against the Flyers. You figure they're going to come out and take care of business. And they definitely got the jump on the Flyers, I thought, for you know at least the first half of this game and probably quite a bit longer. Really, if you take the first two periods as a whole, I would say the Rangers had the better of play, although the Flyers, about five minutes into the second period, I thought was when they started to get a little bit of a pushback. But, you know, the Rangers, they take the lead early on the goal by Brennan Smith. And the reason why this game had a little bit of an ominous feel to it, even when the Rangers were winning one nothing because they were up one nothing for a long time in this game, probably about, without looking at the box score right now, I would say probably about... 25, 28 minutes, something like that. They were up one nothing for a very long time in this game. But the reason it had kind of an ominous feel and a reason why you could never really feel that comfortable if you're a Ranger fan, I mean, first of all, it's just a one-goal lead. But beyond that, you had a lot of instances in this game where either one of two things would happen. Either Brian Elliott would completely rob the Rangers because he had, I would say, at least two or three legitimate, fantastic saves in this game, highlight reel-worthy saves where he just absolutely stoned the Rangers and, and took a goal away from them. He robbed everybody from Artemi Panarin to Brett Howden in this game. And so that was problem number one. That's a little bit out of the Rangers' hands. I mean, if a goalie's hot, a goalie's hot. There's not really a whole lot you can do about it other than just keep firing away and try to get one past him. But the other problem, and this is completely self-inflicted by the Rangers, is... They missed an open net several times in this game. I would say probably at least three times the Rangers had a wide open net to shoot into, and they didn't get the job done. I think Brett Howden was an offender there. Uh, Capo Caco, you know, he received a pass from Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere dished from behind the net in front of Caco. Caco's got to put that one away. He wasn't able to do it. There were a couple of other ones as well. Uh, those are just a couple of examples off the top of my head. But you're watching this, and you've got you've got this perfect storm of why uh, this might go south for the Rangers because, again, you got a hot goalie or a guy who was at least very good on this night. You've got the Rangers missing scoring chances. And the other problem, the third problem that we could throw in here, the Rangers kept taking penalties, and they took some penalties that they really didn't need to take in this game. Chris Kreider uh, took a penalty, I believe it was in the neutral zone, that he really didn't need to take. And they just kind of built and built and built. The Rangers ended up giving the Flyers six power plays. And the Flyers really don't have that great of a power play unit, and especially lately they've struggled in that area 
aspect of the game like they've struggled in every aspect of the game. But you keep giving a team chances. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to break through. And indeed, the Flyers end up going two for six on the power play, including the decisive goal uh, about midway through the third period. The game's tied at one at that point. And Keandre Miller takes a double minor for high sticking. Now, he didn't do it on purpose. I certainly don't think so. Uh, but you got to be responsible for your stick, and you just got to be a little bit more careful from that. I'm not going to kill Ke'Andre Miller. He's had a great season for the Rangers, um, you know, giving them a lot more than they would have probably expected this season. I mean, we've talked about this before, but the kid made the opening night roster uh, when I don't think really anyone thought that that was going to happen. So, I mean, he's had a great season, but that was just unfortunate that that happened. The Rangers got through the first half of that penalty kill, and they, you know, got into the second half of it. So when the Flyers scored, that was at least the end of the power play. The double minor was over at that point. But yeah, I mean, you're asking a lot of your team. I believe that was the last power play of the game for the Flyers when they scored there. But you know, again, you're, you're just playing with fire. You just keep putting a team on the man advantage, keep giving them opportunities. Sooner or later, the dam's going to break. And indeed, you know, the Flyers, they tied the game with a power play goal. And then they took the uh, the lead on a power play goal to go up 2-1. to one. Of course, they go on to the 3-2 to two win. So yeah, just um, very, very disappointing. You know, I, it just felt like this game was set up for the Rangers to basically just roll come away with maybe like a 4-1 to one win. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. They at least made it interesting at the end. Artemi Panarin scored with exactly two minutes remaining. And the Rangers had some chances in the last uh, couple minutes, last couple of seconds, putting the puck on the net. I think uh, initially it looked like maybe somebody had hit the post. On the replay, I think it was kind of more the side of the net. Ryan Strom put one off the side of the net. But uh, Rangers just can't, uh, can't crack through in the last few minutes, the last few seconds, and time runs out. And Unfortunately, time might be running out on their season as it pertains to the playoffs, and I'm not going to give up. I mean, listen, I am a firm believer. You play to win games. You fight to the very end. You keep scratching. You keep clawing. You keep doing everything you got to do. Maybe that starts tonight with a win against the Flyers, but yeah, I mean, the, the playoffs, I mean, we talk about on here how big every individual game is at this time in the season, and man, we have really seen that come to fruition because the Rangers have lost two in a row, and I mean, man, have their playoff hopes taken a hit in these last two games, but not going to give up yet. We'll see how they look to play it going forward. Zach Jones also made his debut in this game, and uh, I thought he looked pretty good for the Rangers. thought he played pretty well. thought he uh, looked like he belonged, and we're going to talk about him and a lot of other things in just a second here. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Let's go ahead and talk about Zach Jones. Of course, he made his Ranger debut last night, and I thought he looked pretty good, acclimated himself well to the NHL level. I'll just run through his stats real quick here, and then we'll talk about a couple of things that he did in this game. For starters, uh, the big number, time on the ice, just 9 minutes and 45 seconds. That's to be expected. You know they're going to bring him along somewhat slow, and uh, to kind of coincide with his not getting a lot of ice time. His defense partner, Libor Hayek, it was kind of the same deal. He was out there for 12 minutes and 19 seconds. All four of the other Ranger defensemen got 20-plus minutes. So he Jones was out there significantly less than anybody else. Uh, but one thing that I thought was very intriguing is that Jones got a minute and 22 seconds on the power play. And at first, you know, that kind of surprised me because... Typically what the Rangers have done when they've got a rookie or they've got somebody making his NHL debut, they tend to only put them out there forward or defenseman. They tend to only put them out there for even strength. I kind of had a feeling going in they would be kind of the same deal with Zach Jones. But then you remember, oh, that's right, we don't have Jacob Truba. And so that means you've got a vacancy on the second power play unit. Now, the Rangers, of course, could go a couple of different ways there. They could go with one of their other defensemen and put him out there for the power play. Or they could kind of shake it up a little bit and go with 
four forwards and one defenseman on the second power play unit, much the same way that they do on the top power play unit. But I thought that showed up. some confidence in Zach Jones that he could go out there and just immediately start playing on the man advantage in his NHL debut. I mean, really, if you're going to go with a defenseman there, you would think it probably would be Zach Jones. I mean, I suppose you could put Ryan Lindgren out there. You know, Lindgren has shown that he has a little bit more offense to his game than I think a lot of people may have thought last season. So I suppose Lindgren would be an option, although then you'd be putting Ryan Lindgren on the right side rather than the left side. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's a couple different options. I suppose you could maybe even put Brennan Smith out there on the power play if you want to. I mean, he plays the right side, and he scored a goal last night. And all of a sudden, you know, he's scoring a couple goals recently. So I suppose Smith would have been an option as well if he just wanted to go with the uh, steady veteran. Although, I don't know, that might be a hard sell for some Ranger fans putting Smith on the power play unit, despite him, you know, stepping up offensively a little bit recently. Um, But yeah, I I just thought it was cool that uh, David Quinn had that kind of confidence in Zach Jones right away, gave him some time on the power play unit. And beyond that, just to finish his stat line, Jones was a minus one. He put three shots on goal, so not afraid to shoot the puck. He had one hit, blocked two shots, had two giveaways, and came away with one takeaway. Uh, The minus one, I don't think that he really did anything wrong on this play. In fact, I think Zach Jones played very well on this play. It's just unfortunate that the Flyers were able to score. But basically what happened, uh, Jones was the lone man back. The Rangers are down two to one at this point. And the Flyers are going in uh, on the rush. Jacob Voracek has the puck. Jones is, you know, taking away the pass first and foremost, which is what you want to do if you're the defenseman because you at least want to leave your goalie one-on-one with the guy who has the puck. So he takes away the pass. The passing lane is closed by Jones. And then at the last second, you know, Jones has already taken away the pass, and he can tell Voracek is basically just going to shoot. I mean, that's his only option. So at that split second, Jones starts to make a move toward Voracek, and he starts to, you know, go for the poke check. Man, he was like just a millisecond too late getting there. And I'm not faulting Jones for this because I think he defended this very well. I mean, defending his first two-on-one break in his NHL career, I thought he handled it very well. But if he could have just gotten there a millisecond faster, he might have been able to either knock the puck away or deflect it away from the net, whatever it might have been. But alas, uh, Voracek scores and uh, makes the score 3-1 to one at that point. So, you know, again, he gets a minus for that, obviously. But I thought he handled the situation very well. And I thought... One of the best plays that he made all night was there was a situation where he has the puck just inside the flyer blue line, and he's trying to keep the play alive, and he's trying to kind of make a little bit of a drop pass, just kind of leave the puck for one of his teammates skating by. Uh, Maybe he would have been better served in this situation to either just play the puck deep or, you know, throw it at the net, whatever it might have been. But what ended up happening was he tried to get the pass, again, just tried to leave it for a teammate, and the Flyers come away with it. In fact, Kevin Hayes came away with it, our old friend. And he's going up the left side with a lot of speed. Hayes can move. I mean, we know that. Hayes has uh, more speed than you might think looking at him. You think of him as kind of like, you know, the guy, the power forward, the guy who's going to, you know, kind of throw his weight around, go to the net, all that good stuff. But he can move. And apparently, so can Zach Jones because Hayes was moving up the left side. And Jones, you know, he had just given the puck away, but he just zips back up the ice, stays with Hayes the entire way. And Hayes, I'm not sure if he was trying to either pass to his right or just put the puck at the net, but either way, Zach Jones broke it up and basically just stole the puck, took it away from him, had possession. I believe at that point the Flyers went off for a change and and Jones had sole possession and was able to nullify that scoring opportunity there. And I like the way David Quinn used Jones as well. I mean, again, he didn't have a ton of ice time, but that's kind of par for the course when you've got a rookie making his NHL debut. But I like how early in this game, They were kind of just letting him get his feet wet a little bit. You know, he went out there for his first shift about a minute and a half into the game, give or take. Uh, There was a whistle not too long after, and they took him back off. They had him doing a lot of very short shifts early in the game, just a way to kind of take in the game, 
get used to it, get his legs under him, start to feel comfortable. I just like the way that they did that. And one other thing that was really cool, if you want to just rewind a little bit further, back to before the game even started, and we've seen this a couple of times this season, but the Rangers, what they'll do when somebody's making his NHL debut is during pregame warmups, you know, they'll just let him skate out there by himself for a little while. And we saw that with Zach Jones. Basically, they just scatter the pucks onto the ice and they let the rookie go out there, just skate around for a little while, take the whole thing in, maybe uh, look up around the Madison Square Garden, look into the rafters, skate around, take a couple shots at the net. And they did that with Zach Jones here, and that was very cool. Zach Jones' parents and his girlfriend were also at this game. So uh, just really nice, you know, a nice debut for Zach Jones. And I'd be pretty surprised if we don't see him once again tonight in the lineup for the Rangers. Uh, I've not heard anything definitive on Jacob Truba, whether he'll be back or not. But even if he is, uh, you know, maybe Zach Jones is out there instead of Libor Hayek. I mean, if, if Hayek can get taken off the ice and taken out of the lineup for Anthony Potato. I would imagine probably the same thing is true of uh, Zach Jones, especially after Jones turned in what was a pretty encouraging debut last night. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades, and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Here's a fun stat for you guys that they uh, shared on last night's broadcast as well. We've talked about Brian Smith and how he stepped up a little bit recently, seems to be embracing a leadership role. There were some reports that uh, he was very thankful to the Rangers for not trading him at the trade deadline. He wanted to see this through to the end with this team and you know just play whatever role that they need him to play. He's been a total pro this year, been in and out of the lineup a couple times as a healthy scratch. He recently has played uh, you know well enough to establish himself that he's going to be out there every single night, or at least it would seem that way. But the stat that they showed on the broadcast last night, Brand Smith in his career, 518 games played. The other five Ranger defensemen last night had a total of 341 total games played. So Brand Smith had the entire rest of the Ranger Blue Liners beat single-handedly last night. Kind of makes his role all the more important down the stretch here to kind of step up as a leader, especially if this team is going to be without Jacob Truba for any extended period of time. And again, I've been looking. I do not see any updates as far as whether or not he will be available for tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll just have to wait and see there. Of course, I'll update you guys if there's any update from the Rangers between now and then. But yeah, as of now, nothing definitive. Of course, the Rangers will be back in action tonight against the Flyers. Puck drops at 7 p.m. for that game. 
Rangers have not yet announced a starting goalie for that contest. I would think it would probably be Alex Georgiev simply because it's a back-to-back, but I suppose there's also a case to be made to just throw Igor Shesterkin back out there. Uh, If the Rangers want to go down swinging and they want to go down putting their best foot forward, then maybe that's the way to go tonight. You just push Igor Shesterkin, given that, again, you know, we've talked about this before, but he's not going to play as many games this year as he will probably any other year for the rest of his career for the New York Rangers, barring injuries or anything like that that we don't even want to talk about as it pertains to Igor Shesterkin. But we'll see. they got a decision to make. We'll see what they end up rolling with. The Flyers have already announced that they will be going with Alex Lyon. He will be making just the 12th start of his career. His second start this year, it will be his third game played. And uh, yeah, 5-5-1 five, five, and one for his career. 328 goals against average, 891 save percentage. So uh, I don't. I got to be honest, I don't know a ton about Alex Lyon, but I think the Rangers got to take advantage here going up against an inexperienced goaltender and somebody who you know has at least struggled a little bit uh, whenever he's been in there in the brief times that he has been in there. Needless to say, the Rangers absolutely 100% need a win against this Philadelphia Flyer team tonight. And just a couple other closing thoughts about this Ranger game. First of all, I thought it was another nice performance from Igor Shesterkin. I know he allowed the three goals, but he stopped 33 of 36 shots, made some very difficult saves along the way, and in fact got his first career save on a penalty shot. In fact, it was the first penalty shot that he has faced in the NHL. Obviously, he's been in there for some shootouts, but this was the first uh, true blue penalty shot, and it was one of those you could tell. He basically stopped Farabee twice because Farabee went in on the breakaway and got hooked from behind, and nevertheless still got the shot away, and Igor Shesterkin made the save. Then the penalty shot was awarded, rightfully so, because he was behind the defense on this play, but he goes in again, tries to go to his right, Igor Shesterkin moves to his left, basically just smothers him, gives him nothing. Never for a second did it look like the Flyers were going to score on this penalty shot, so that was obviously nice to see Igor Shesterkin coming up big, and that was toward the end of the second period. In fact, it was the final minute of the second period where the Flyers had already tied the game and kind of gotten some of the momentum. So a huge, huge stop there by Igor Shesterkin. You were kind of hoping that maybe that could spark the Rangers going into the third because, you know, the Flyers had taken a little bit of the control of the game away from the Rangers by that point. And uh, you were hoping that that would be the moment that the Rangers kind of picked it back up. Uh, was not meant to be, unfortunately. But at the time, big-time clutch save by Igor Shesterkin on the penalty shot. And one other thing that I want to bring up here before we call it a day, a question I got to pose to you guys right now. Where is Chris Kreider? You know, it's not my style. You guys know I'm, I tend to be glass half full. I tend to look at things positively on this show. It's not my style to just go after individual players. But with Kreider, and we've talked about this before too, we know that he's a streaky player. He, he's cold to start the season, just like a lot of Rangers were. He catches absolute fire. He's putting the puck in the net every single night. He had two hat tricks against this same Philadelphia Flyers team, and now he's cold again. And I know that's partially what you sign up for with Chris Kreider. You acknowledge the fact that this guy's going to be a streaky player. But like we said, he was cold for a long time to start the season. He was hot for a good amount of time. Now he's been cold for a good amount of time. It is time for Chris Kreider to get back on one of his hot streaks. It is time for him to put his best foot forward, to find a way to contribute. I know they dropped him from the first line down to the third line last night, and he's out there with uh, Heedle and with Kako. But he's got to find a way to start producing for this team because you barely even notice he's out there. I don't even remember, honestly, the last time I've talked about Chris Kreider on this podcast because he just hasn't been doing anything. And I know he does have two goals somewhat recently, uh, although one of them was an empty netter. But in his last 13 games, Kreider has two goals and two assists. And there are several reasons why I haven't really been talking about Chris Kreider all that recently on the podcast. For starters, uh, these last two games aside, the Rangers have been on fire. Things have gone very well. There are a lot of positives, a lot of nice things to talk about as it pertains to the New York Rangers. Another reason is because, you know, Kreider up until last night has been on that Ranger top line and his two line mates have still been playing well. I know Bucinavich, he's a little bit cold recently. Uh, He did have that 
a somewhat recent hat trick. I believe it was four games ago. He's since gone pointless in the last three games. So he's slowed down a little bit, but for the most part, Pavel Buchnevich has had a really nice season, uh, really a breakout season for the Rangers. And Mika Zibanejad has absolutely been on fire for this team. So Kreider's struggles, his lack of offensive production has not really hurt the Rangers in general, and it has not hurt that top line because Zibanejad and Buchnevich have been getting it done without him. So all those reasons, you know, again, I don't even remember the last time I really talked about Kreider on this, on this podcast, but... I'm talking about him now, and I'm saying, I'm calling him out. Kreider, you got to get it going, man. You know, we, we need one of those hot streaks down the stretch here. And forget about the playoffs. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, let it go. It's not going to happen to me. You fight until the end. Talked about that a lot yesterday. Don't need to dive into it in too much detail today. To me, it's a given. You always fight to the end. You never give up. You never give up on your season. But whether the Rangers are going to make a playoff run or not, Let's see Chris Kreider close this season with some authority. You know, Kreider is supposedly one of the front runners to maybe be the next Ranger captain, and I absolutely believe he should be in the mix for that. I'm not knocking his leadership skills or anything like that, but let's see this guy lead the way for this team down the stretch because I really think it would be very beneficial for this New York Ranger team going into the future to close out this season with some authority. Let's not let this get away from us. Let's not let this be a situation where the Rangers close, you know, 4-6-1 and one in their last 11 games. We don't want to see that. We want to see them finish strong and uh, kind of reinforce the belief that I think that a lot of us have that this team is indeed going in the right direction and that Chris Kreider could be captain material. You know, he again, he's one of the guys that's definitely in the mix. There's a lot of guys in the mix all of a sudden. And that sounds like a debate for an off-season episode. We can literally list all four, five, six, maybe seven guys that could be in contention to be the next Ranger captain. But we got to see Chris Kreider leading the way for this team down the stretch. It's time for him to figure it out. It's time for him to get hot again. And it's time for him to hopefully elevate Philip Hedl and Capo Caco because it looks like he's going to be on the third line going forward. I don't imagine they would switch back tonight. I don't think they're going to put Kreider back on the top line and move Lafreniere back down. I don't know why you would do that after just one game. So let's see what Chris Kreider can do. And I'm challenging Chris Kreider. I like Kreider. I'm a Kreider guy. I'm glad they re-signed him, but he's got to step it up. He's got to find one of his hot streaks down the stretch here. But yeah, you know, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. The only other bit of news is that uh, I'm considering, my wife and I are both considering going to this game on Sunday. The Rangers will play host to the Sabres at 6 o'clock on that night. It could go either way. We will see. Obviously, if I'm there, I'll let you guys know. But uh, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully, the Rangers can get a win and keep their fading and very slight playoff chances alive with a win over the Flyers. It would be a much-needed victory for this team. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.